0: If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Well, it's good to see everybody. We're gonna start by reading from 1 Peter chapter one, and we're gonna start in verse 13. Peter writes, don't worry, we're coming back to this, so if you're not caught up yet, we'll, we'll get back to it, but starting in verse 13, or 13, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways and ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Well, how are you feeling so far? Great. All right. Um, every once in a while, when I'm reading the Bible... I read something and I think, no way. Actually, that happens on a pretty regular basis. It's like, no way. Right? Because Jesus knows what, what we are dealing with, right? Hebrews is clear about that. That's one of the special things about Jesus in terms of his high priestly role. He's not somebody who just. Is perfect and has no clue what it's like to exist in in a you know a weird, fallen, messed up world. No, he is one who has lived amongst us. He's experienced our experience, right? He he knows what like sin feels like not sin that he has caused but remember he took the sins of the whole world on him like he gets us and he knows the culture that we live in the the crazy insane culture where there are so many things bombarding us and trying to distract us and keep us from living the way that God wants us. He's aware, very aware of the enemy that is roving around, seeking to kill and steal and destroy us. He's aware of the mess that we have going on inside of us, our difficulties with attitudes, with energy, with uh, just all kinds of crazy, messed up desires and motivations and willingness to manipulate and oppress and, and put ourselves first. Like, he is aware of all of that. And at the same time, he says, be holy because I am holy. Did I miss something? I feel like I missed something there does God really expect me to be holy? Well, what if we changed that from an expectation to an invitation? What if we took away the image of God standing over us with some sort of rod to beat us when we step out of line we don't quite measure up to holiness what if we took that image away and what if we replaced it with the image of a loving father who wants the most ext- wants to give the most extraordinary experience to his children what if we're misunderstanding the word holy and the call to holiness. So Peter, in this first chapter, is calling a persecuted church to endure sufferings. He's he's giving them reasons to endure the suffering that they're going through in this temporary time period where they're living as exiles or foreigners. And so he's trying to walk them through the things we should have in mind as we are going through difficult things. And he brings up this idea of not only enduring suffering, but also being holy while you're enduring the suffering. <sighs> That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. Those are some high expectations or It is a wonderful invitation. Uh, Some things that Peter's going to bring up, and we'll read through the rest of chapter one, but some things that Peter is going to bring up are are things like this. He's going to remind us that we are eternal. Uh, How cool is that? Maybe you're not that excited about being eternal because... I don't know for some reason, but maybe maybe like your current experience isn't going well, so you're thinking eternal. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure I'm in for that, or I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get really excited about being eternal. But what if, what if you were going to be eternally or eternal, but you were also going to be holy? Do you know what holy means? It's this word that describes like being set apart, being unique, but there's also this element of like being perfect, being perfectly righteous, like doing the right thing all the time. Could you imagine a life where you're just doing the right thing all the time, and all the time you're enjoying the benefits of always doing the right thing? Now that is a good life. That is something that you might get excited about to do eternally, because it would be a perfect life. Let's go back to verse 13. It starts with this small word, so. This is a transition word, it's like short for therefore. And Peter is saying that the things I'm asking you to do now that we're going to read are because of the other things I was talking about, right? And that was last week, these other things that Peter was talking about. So uh, Peter was explaining that this salvation thing is massive beyond <laughs> beyond belief, like so incredible that you know, the prophets... The angels, like everybody is trying to understand the full magnitude of Jesus stepping, you know, God stepping off the throne and dying on the cross for you human beings. Trying to figure that out. That's extraordinary. Right, so Peter's trying to remind them that salvation, this This thing we've been given is so incredible that it is worth our temporary sufferings, our temporary struggles, our trials. Salvation trumps suffering. When you're going through the worst of it, remember, salvation is so good that whatever you are going through is worth it. Just hold on. Just hold on a little longer, and you will see that it will be worth it. And he says so so like because salvation is so incredible this is what we're gonna do this is what God is inviting you into so think clearly and exercise self control look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world so there's a great little three-part sermon in there which only I get excited about because I'm a pastor right And we love our three-part sermons. But if you want to go back through, we're we're given three directives from Peter here, right? So think clearly. One, exercise self-control. Two, look forward to the gracious salvation. So have our mind focused on the right kind of future. Uh, There's a lot in the Bible about what's going on in our minds. Like, this is where the battle is. At Romans 8, and verse 5, in that section, Paul is explaining, hey, if you want to live life by the Spirit, think on the things that the Spirit would have you think on. Right? Like, it's a, it's a battle in the mind. This is where the battle is. The ESV, in this, uh, in this verse 13, talks about having a, a mind prepared for action. A ready mind. Be sober-minded, it says. That's like, you know, the difference between a drunk person and a non-drunk person. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to to not be drunk around drunk people, but it's pretty hilarious. As long as you're not throwing up on stuff. It's pretty hilarious because they're out of their mind. They're not thinking straight. they you know... They're not seeing reality. But when you're sober-minded, right, you, you see reality. You can drive better because <laughs> you can see reality. This car is actually approaching at this speed. I need to make this actual adjustment in order to stay alive. And right? so this is the kind of, this is the thing that we're being called to, to be clear-minded in our world, to see deception, to recognize what is true and what is not true to take every, cap thought, or every thought captive, <laughs> get that in the right order, unto Christ, right, as things are coming into our minds. Okay, is that true? Is that true? Is that true? Is that honor Jesus? Is that the leading of the spirit? Is that true? <clears throat> Verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Uh, we're given this image of slipping backwards. Right? It doesn't take long within the Christian walk, maybe a few hours, <laughs> before you're tempted to start slipping back into your old ways. Right? Because it's like we were in a prison, we were in a cell, and we've been in there for a long time. And Jesus opened the cell door, and he said, you're free. And we walk out, and it feels good to be free. But because we are so tuned to be in that jail cell, we slowly slip back into it unless we are vigilant about not slipping back into our old desires. It takes effort, vigilance, discipline, focus to stay free. Uh, Anybody ever been on an escalator? Now, I'm guessing most of you are smart enough. Before you get on the escalator, you determine if it's going the direction you want to go. So the image we're getting here is you know, don't slip back like you chose the wrong escalator and so you're trying to go like up the down escalator right? and, and you're taking some steps you're feeling good but then that thing comes along that you you used to really like maybe you still like it you still want it. That old habit, that old trench, that old rut that you've been in comes back. So you stop moving up that escalator. And what does the escalator do? It just takes you right back down. You lose all of your progress. Um, I learned something about escalators recently. I was in uh, Seattle. This is at least a year ago or so. But I was going down the down escalator. And there was another down escalator next to me. And some commotion was happening behind me. A scream, and I turned around, and there was an older lady who had uh, f- begun to fall down the escalator, and she was falling headfirst, uh, backwards, and into you know headfirst. Her hair was you know going downhill, and the image that came into my mind a little bit gruesome, but at my, the image was. Her hair's going to start feeding into the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody got the image? Well, sorry. Some images I should be careful in explaining. But I kind of turned into like some, like a, probably like a combination of James Bond and Jason Bourne. And I'm sure looking at me right now, you're thinking, oh yeah, that's possible. But... I, there's, there's this divider in between the two things, and I jumped it very athletically. I mean, you should have seen that part. Very athletically. And I, my goal was to get under her and pick her up so that the hair would not feed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I'm under her. I'm just, like, just getting under her, and I'm looking backwards, and we're getting so close to the end, and everything stops. Because there's somebody who's a lot smarter than me. And uh, they, you may not know this, but at the top and bottom of every escalator, there's a stop button. And smart people, they do that. Okay? So, maybe, maybe we just need to hit the stop button. Right, and, and stop, stop slipping back, backwards. Get on the right escalator going in the right direction. You know, how, do we, how do we do this? We do this by thinking clearly. You know, being sober-minded. Taking every, every thought that enters into our mind captive unto Christ. Is this thought going to lead me to life or is this thought going to lead me to death? This doesn't happen in a moment. This is something that we work at, we struggle with. Uh, We discipline ourselves. It, It might take some effort to get on that right escalator, going in the right direction. Verse 15. But now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Uh, so we've been given this thing called freedom. It's uh, it's pretty wonderful. And in this place of freedom or from this place of freedom, God is calling us to holiness. He's inviting us into holiness. Uh, this, this passage, this quote from the Old Testament is from uh, a section in Leviticus where God is explaining some dietary laws to the people of Israel, how he wants them to eat things he wants them to not eat. And this particular section is where God is telling them not to eat things that swarm. Um, Things like maggots, for example. Like if you leave some meat outside, uh, let's say... Uh, You'll eventually see maggots, flies, and things will swarm around that. And if you just watch that piece of rotting meat and see the things that swarm to it, I'm guessing you will probably not think to yourself, ooh, I want to eat those swarming things. Please somebody get me a handful of maggots. So God is using this as an example, saying, recognize, understand what is detestable, what is gross, and don't put it in your mouth because you serve a holy God. So God invites us into this thing of, of obedience, this thing where, where he, he's inviting us to do what is best for us. That's not a bad invitation, right? If I walk up to you and say, hey, I want to invite you to do the best thing for you. How does that sound? I mean, that's pretty good, right? That's not harsh. That's a good invitation. How many of you have ever experienced a fresh peach? Mm Mm-hmm. That was like an amen right there. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like peaches or not. That's. I'm going to just say that's my favorite. A fresh, ripe peach. And so God is saying, look, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that I have, I have called you to holiness, which is a wonderful thing. It's, it is the best thing that you can experience. I've, that's, that's what this whole freedom thing is about so that you can experience holiness. Did you know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? Did you know that? And that's awesome. And we can't really talk enough about that. That is a very big deal. But did you know that Jesus Accomplished so much more on the cross than just the forgiveness of our sins? What? He did more than just erase our sins. He provided a way for us to have fellowship with the Father. He provided a way for us to live holy lives. Right, so just being forgiven of our past sins is only part of the story. We celebrate that often, and we should. It is a part of the story. The other part of the story is that God has called us. He has invited us. Now that our sins have been forgiven, he has invited us to experience him fully, to experience the best. And it is from that place that he says, would you please put down that handful of maggots Because not only am I holy, but I want to make you holy. Come over here and have peaches with me. I am the king of pleasure. I am the creator of satisfaction. This holiness thing is about calling you into the best possible experience. He is our loving Father who wants the very best for us and has sacrificed everything in order for us to be able to receive this invitation to know Him, to be in fellowship with Him, to share in the Master's happiness, to share in the abundance that is Him. Is holiness starting to sound a little bit better? Right, Holiness is kind of a bad thing in our culture, right? even within the church culture. Right? And so we say, oh, yeah, we know God is holy. We got that. Of course he's holy. But for us to really pursue holiness kind of has a bad rap. Like, have you ever heard, oh, that person is so holier than thou? That's not what we're talking about. But I think we can kind of have that mindset that, well, everybody's imperfect. I'm imperfect. Let's not anybody go get holier than thou. Let's not get too out of touch with our sin. Uh, I think that might, there might be a part of that That is the enemy keeping us from recognizing that we are designed for holiness. Do you know that we are designed to stand in the presence of God? Do you know there's only one way that that can happen? That is if we have been made holy. So try to feel that a little bit. It's like, oh, try to feel holiness for a second because it's coming. It's coming. That's God's promise to you that He is going to make you perfect. So that's what it means when God invites us into holiness. Come on. Come on. You're going to like it. Trust me, it's good. Just take a little step of obedience. Just take a little step. Come on. You're gonna love it. Just just get a little closer. Take one more little step of obedience. You're gonna see, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Just try it out. Just check it out. Right? God has freed us from punishment for sin. Do you know that? You could do anything. Right? Does anybody know of any disclaimers in the Bible where God says, actually on your 300th sin, cutting you off. It's not there. Uh, we're free. We're free from punishment. There's only invitation. Right? There's only invitation in Christ. Right? The promise is, if we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. Right? There's no disclaimers in there. Just like here, where it says that we should be holy in everything we do, right? there's no disclaimers there either. Everything. I'm always looking for the little loopholes. I keep reading. Like somewhere there's an out. Somewhere I... I get to continue rationalizing my behavior. I keep reading, and you know, there's no out. God wants me to be holy, wants me to be perfect in every area. He's not going to stop until I am perfected in every area. At the same time, there's no disclaimer to if you confess your sin, he will forgive your sin. right? is faithful and just. The rest of this chapter, Peter's trying to convince us, and so as we read it, you can see if you're convinced or not, but he's trying to convince us that there are reasons to accept this invitation. There are reasons to step into this thing of holiness. Even in the middle of persecution, even in the middle of difficult situations. So verse 17, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live, you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land or exiles. For you know That God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Through Christ you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love. That's the practical, where the rubber meets the road, application, right? You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now, there's that word so again, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Not the fake stuff. Not the lip service stuff. This is putting the action into the equation, Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. I think I said something about being eternal earlier. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God, his promise, right? As the scriptures say, people are like grass, their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word, that promise is the good news that was preached to you. So Peter is telling us, there are reasons to pursue holiness. Because we have a perfect judge. We have a judge who knows our hearts and he's impartial. He cannot be bribed or swayed. He is a perfect judge. He knows exactly what is happening in our hearts and our minds. And <laughs> it is perfect blood that, been, that has been given on our behalf. It is perfect blood. So Peter is saying there is freedom, but it is a heavy freedom. What do I mean by that, how many of you have ever been to Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C.? Okay, got a few people who've been there, okay? If you haven't been there, uh, if you need some help being a good citizen, you can go there. Uh, Because there you are reminded of the heaviness of our freedom that we enjoy in the United States. Right, participating in the, the ceremony of the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, uh, this monument that has been erected to honor all of those who have died but whose bodies have not been recovered. They're out there somewhere unidentified. There's an incredible weight to being surrounded by all those who have given their lives so that we can go out and say whatever we want to say so that we can meet here freely without the pressure of persecution and so on. We know our rights well, don't we? But it is a heavy freedom. Great sacrifice has been made. And so Peter is simply saying, there is a way of responding to that freedom that you've been given. There is this thing that God is inviting you to, right? Just like the forefathers of our country, they are calling us to be great and honorable citizens to, to take this freedom and do great things with the freedom that has been earned. And don't we know probably some people and some examples of people who are not valuing the freedom that they've been given? They're trampling on it. Now, are they going to continue to remain free? Yes, as long as America keeps being America. right? And the same is true in our spiritual lives. right? You don't have to respond the way the scriptures are calling you to respond in this case. Do you know that? You can walk out of here. And you can continue to be free even though, even though you're doing things that aren't right. Think about that for a minute. Right? That's what freedom is. And right? all of our punishment has been removed. There's no more fear of punishment. Jesus did away with that. Right? All I have to do is confess my sin. And there's forgiveness. Right? That's what we're given to do. Right? We believe that somebody who has lived an evil life, their entire life, at the last moment, in their last breath, can confess their sins to God and be forgiven. That's freedom. I mean, that's incredible. That's a wild level of freedom. How are we going to respond to that? Right? Do we... Do we want to respond to that by trampling on it? Or do we want to respond to that by honoring it? By honoring the freedom that we have been given? Philippians uh, chapter 3, Paul gives us uh, a way of thinking about this. 3 and starting in verse 12. Paul writes, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. This This is why Jesus died because he wants so much for us. He doesn't just want us to be forgiven. But he forgave us so that we could experience freedom. Right? He doesn't want to just clean us up after eating maggots. He wants us to taste holiness. He wants us to taste perfection. Uh If you have ever watched the movie Saving Private Ryan... It's an older movie, but it shows some very graphic scenes about the storming of uh, the beaches at Normandy. And watching that movie, you get a sense of what has been sacrificed and given so that you can have, so that we can have our freedoms in this country. Maybe on the spiritual side, you need to watch uh, the movie Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson. And it very graphically shows what has been done, what has been given on our behalf, the incredible price that has been paid so that we are free, so that we would understand that this is a weighty freedom. So Peter tells us to live in reverent fear as foreigners, as exiles, in reverent fear. Because Peter's saying, let's, let's begin to grasp the extent of this salvation, the incredible nature of salvation. Let's begin to grasp this invitation to holiness, this thing that God is calling us to. Let's step in Into obedience. Let's be filled with joy, even in difficult times, because we know that we are being formed by a loving Father who is taking us to an extraordinary place and who is offering to us an eternity of perfection. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would help us live as the eternal beings that we are. We pray that you would help us passionately pursue holiness and righteousness because that is what we are designed for, what is best for us. Father, I pray that you would just help us see truth and respond to truth. <laughs> we know that you do this over time. We know that you're forming us every, every hour and every day. Uh, so Father, we celebrate your work in our lives and your promise that the work you begin in us, you will carry it through to completion. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and we will see you next week.